So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth. I'm your host, David Bruno. I'm going to be solo once again. Bob Bianchi is traveling. He's been in Italy as the president of the Italian-American Sons and Daughters of America. We're going to get him back, luckily, for the law firm tomorrow. But I'm solo today, and, and one of my good friends is on today. And it's such a pleasure to have Ryan Brennan. Ryan Brennan and I go way back. I mean, Ryan's one of my oldest friends, one of my best friends, and he's got so much to give here on Nothing But The Truth. And Ryan and I wrestled together. Uh, we were at Randolph Wrestling, and Ryan, Ryan's one of the best that has ever come through Randolph. Uh, he, he left with 120 wins. He's a four-time Morris County champion, which is very, very difficult to do. A three-time district champion, a two-time region champion, a four-time state qualifier, and has finished seventh, eighth, one year, and fourth in the states of New Jersey wrestling. And then he took that experience to Rutgers, where he wrestled collegiately for Rutgers University. Since leaving Rutgers, he started with McMillan Analysis Corp handling options. And Mr. McMillan, who's the boss there, is literally the world's leader. One of them in options really wrote the book on options called the Bible on options. So Ryan comes with us to experience as a wrestler in high school, one of the best, collegiate wrestler, and has transitioned into the financial world. But if you listen to the Pat Glory interview that we did a couple weeks ago, Pat Glory, 125 NCAA pound NCAA champion, brought Ryan Brennan up in the interview. And Ryan was one of Pat Glory's early coaches, one of the first coaches that he ever had. And he attributes Ryan to teaching him the crossface cradle. And he's done so many other good things. He continued to coach the youth. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. And then also, he's recently started some MMA. So a vicious wrestler on the mats in MMA is a dangerous combination. And it's a privilege to bring Ryan on, nothing but the truth. So Ryan, uh, always good to see you, and I appreciate uh, you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. That was a really nice introduction as well. Yeah, so literally, um, Ryan and I were workout partners in, in Randolph. and. And we're the same age, we're in the same grade, we, we vacationed together uh, when we were younger, and literally every single day, this man would beat me up um, at the Randolph Wrestling Room, and one of the best to come through Randolph, and anybody knows Morris County Wrestling or New Jersey State Wrestling can attest to this. So Ryan, let's just start there. I mean, what do you attribute your success? You, you come into high school, and you're one of the best. Um, and you had been wrestling a while. So how, how did it all break for you in that way, being one of the most successful to come through Randolph? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's been so many good kids come through that program and through Morris County. Uh, so even being mentioned is, uh, uh, by anyone uh, is uh, an honor. Um, but, uh, you know, I started young. Uh, my father was involved in the recreation program he was a wrestler himself he wrestled for uh 
Dover High School and, and then Rutgers as well. And um, he was a coach, a high school coach and a referee. And he started helping out in the recreation department. Um, and so I got in, you know, five years old and uh, just was having fun. And I had a brother who's three years older than me. And as he moved up, I kind of moved up with him just probably to make it easier for my dad so he didn't have to attend two different practices. Um, so when he was in fifth grade, uh, he went up to wrestle with like, you know, the, the varsity of the recreation. And I did too at second grade. Um, I was too light. There was no weight classes for me available, but I got the experience uh, from a very young age. I was in second grade with kids up through eighth grade. Um, and I would just wrestle exhibition matches uh, wrestle and practice, whoever they had that was small enough or young enough, you know, they needed a partner. So I was just kind of around wrestling. Um, and I think that, you know, being a part of that community is such an early age um, and building relationships with older kids uh, and the coaches and just being comfortable in that atmosphere really helped me get a leg up on a lot of people in the long run. Um, I had some, some early success, um, you know, third grade, second grade. And then I was kind of just, you know, an above average wrestler, I think, uh, throughout a lot of, you know, elementary school, middle school, maybe, you know, good, but not great. Uh, we really focused on fundamentals in wrestling. We weren't too fancy. Uh, but we did it a lot and we enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, by the time maybe sixth grade came around, there was a really good team in the high school. And uh, my brother was on that team and they won the group state championship. And I remember thinking like, wow, I want to do that. I want to be like these guys. Yeah. And uh, so I just kind of made wrestling my sport at that point. I didn't do a ton of off-season stuff. I didn't go to clubs all year round, but I just had fun with it. You know, we had a nice group of kids around that age, like you were involved, Dave, and some others. Um, and uh, I think we just had fun. We went to wrestling camps. And, uh, you know, as I got older and, and honestly hit puberty, grew, uh, going in the right before high school, uh, I improved dramatically as mm. I got that extra boost of testosterone. Uh, all those years of drilling basics uh, paid off as I put on that muscle. And I, I think I improved like 15 points <laughs> in one summer just by growing um, yeah. into my body and maturing. So I think I think it comes down to starting early, having fun. And uh, just really being enjoying uh, my experience during, you know, the youth time period. Ah, uh, you talk, I love the, the word community, because that is exactly a good description of Randolph wrestling as we were go getting older and coming through. And you mentioned your dad, John Brennan, who was one of my first coaches too. I mean, Mr. Brennan was there. He was a tactician. He was really strong on the moves and learning fundamentals along with some of the other coaches who would complement his skills in athletics and conditioning. And then James as well, your brother, James was three years older than us. James was a senior when we were freshmen. And, uh, oh man, I, I, I love James. James has been around too. 
James used to pick me up as a freshman with with Ryan to go to high school, and it was so cool. Just you know, listening to the music with the Brennan brothers going to high school. Ryan, some of, some of my favorite memories, man. And literally, uh, when he says above average, that he just exploded on the scene. Ryan exploded on the scene from eighth grade to freshman. Freshman year, he's at the low weight class on an exceptional wrestling team. And for anybody that doesn't follow this sport, I mean, it's one-on-one. You come out in the, uh, to the wrestling mat, and your opponent is across from you. And when we talk about dual meets, when we're in the Randolph gym, the lights are out with the spotlight on the, on the middle. We talk about these, these finals, these tournaments, four-time county champ, anyone that's seen that gym dark gym with one light and when you run out there there's no one else out there you look around there's nobody else right right and you just you just came on scene with this cheap tilt this he had this move that would just rack up back points and you just just crush people and i could attest to it because like i said i was in the room getting beat by ryan every single day so ryan you have the success in randolph and then you move on to collegiate wrestling. So how is, how is that different from what you experienced in high school moving into collegiate wrestling where I would imagine you're going into uh, matches and things with like adults, with maybe some kids and, and well beyond our years. I mean, tell us about that experience. Yeah, it's funny you say that. My first dual meet uh, was against... Uh, Kid from East, we, we wrestled East Stroudsburg, and you know, just the previous year we went to East Stroudsburg camp. Uh, you were there, Dave, and uh, yeah. uh, my opponent was one of the counselors from when we were in high school. <laughs> he was a college kid who uh, the year before was my counselor, and now I had to wrestle him. Uh, and he was the returning EIWA champ, you know, a senior, and I'm a true freshman. Um, and uh yeah it's it's a little bit uh overwhelming when you when you're first coming in 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 college um my experience was the one of uh the guy who cut too much weight mm. uh as a freshman and that really that really made it very difficult uh for me to be at my full potential in college as i was spending a lot of my time um worrying about making weight instead of worrying about getting better on the mat. Um, and uh, that's a difficult place to be in this sport. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, it actually jaded me from my uh, rest, college wrestling experience. Really, it really turned me off. Wow, that's, that's a good point that you make. Let me, let me talk about this a little bit. We're talking about cutting weight. As, as an adolescent, in high school, even college, a young adult, um, really, the body needs those nutrients. And, and I was there a little bit earlier than Ryan when I was cutting weight. And I was freshman year, sophomore year, cutting a lot of weight too. Um, and it's one of the things that I look at the sport and say, it's, it's one of the things that is negative about the sport. Literally, nutrition and, and fueling the body, especially when you're when you're working so hard and practices in, a, in the mats, in the matches. So, Rye, I really didn't know that about you. I mean, that was a struggle for you in, in college, cutting that weight. 
when you're trying to balance the athletics and education? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I actually got recruited at the, the weight higher than I ended up wrestling. And uh, that alone, uh, they kind of sucked me down when I got there. Not only was it make, make it difficult for me to make the weight, extremely difficult. That was the hardest I've ever had to try to make the weight. Um, but also I built up a resentment towards my coach and my program as I felt like I was kind of like uh, lied to. And, uh, you know, that combination of not having trust in your coach and building up a resentment with, a you know, an 18-year-old uh, is not a good recipe for, for, for <laughs> sure. you know, uh, happiness for the athlete. And, uh, you know, it kind of – I made it through my season. Uh, you know, I had, you know, some success, 20 wins, got fourth in the EIWA, which was, I think, second best on the team. But, uh, you know, it was the beginning of the seeds being planted of me kind of getting worn out of wrestling at that point, which can happen. And, and others have other experiences. Um, that was my experience at the time. And I think back on it with, uh, you know, a little bit of regret. I was, uh, uh, you know, a teenager, right? And, uh, had I had the maturity that I say have now, I may have gone a different route. But at the time, you know, it came down to, uh, you know, wanting to graduate college and, and winding down my wrestling career after a couple of years. But, uh, you know, that that change, that shift from high school to college is a, is a large one for wrestling. Sure. A very large one. And perhaps I may not have been fully uh, ready for that at the time. Mm, um, there's good. like the guys like the Pat Glories who were on the show here who made that transition seamlessly. They had their their priorities in order. They had their goals um, and their actions met, you know, matched with their goals. And I don't think mine did at that particular time. Wow. Good, good points, Ryan. Look, we talk a lot about success on the show and and all of the all of our guests that are at a place of success right now look back. And there, there are struggles. There are things they have to get through and be resilient. And we're going to talk a little bit more about you coaching, Coach Ryan, right? So while you may have felt that way in college, I mean, you paved the way for younger wrestlers, including Pat Glory, as he attributed you as his first coach, uh, learning one of the most important moves. So we got a little break. We're going to go. We're going to take a commercial break. This is WMTR's Nothing But The Truth. I'm here with Ryan Brennan, and we'll talk more with Ryan after the break. At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. And we're back on WMTR's Nothing But The Truth. I'm your host, Dave Bruno. I'm with Ryan Brennan, continuing this conversation. And you just talked a little bit about some of the struggles, some of the some of the uh, things you had to get through as a collegiate wrestler. But fast forward a little bit, Ryan. I mean, you, after... Fast forward a little bit, Ryan. After college, you continued uh, to help young wrestlers as a coach. Tell me about that. I mean, 
you you started up as a coach, Pat Glory's first coach. There are a lot of Randolph wrestlers that have come through the program under your tutelage, and you had no children in at the time. I mean, there was no reason for you to go into the room. There was no reason for you to help these young wrestlers. I mean, how did you get into that, and why did you do that? Yeah, it's a good question. So if I think about it, at that time, graduating college, I was kind of not knowing exactly what I wanted to do uh, with myself. Uh, and uh, I always wanted to, to get back into helping out with in wrestling in some respect. Um, and why not help out at Randolph while I was home living with my father after college for a summer. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the current, our high school coach had reached out to me, asked if I wanted to help out. They needed some help. And, uh, you know, at the time, like I wasn't doing all that much. I was working, but, uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, Get back on the mats. I had been off the mats for a couple of years. Uh, I st had stopped wrestling. Um, I noticed that whenever I get off the mats, uh, I don't feel fulfilled in mm. life. And uh, so that's kind of like my my safe place, my happy place. Like uh, is being on those wrestling mats or or any type of mat. And uh, you know what better way to uh, give back. Uh, or help out than uh, give back to, uh, you know, the area that you love. And, uh, yeah, so the coach called, Coach Sook called, and I went in and started helping out and then kind of jumped in with both feet at that point. And next thing you know, I'm coaching, like, three different teams. And, uh, you know, it was pretty pretty much all in it, six days a week for, for a bunch of years. Wow. And you're still doing it, right, Rye? I mean, there's still a coaching uh, piece to you. Um, how long have you been coaching? Yeah, so I think I started around 2005 or so. Uh, I don't know, 18 years or so. Um, I, I was, after doing the Randolph Rec, well, I started doing the Randolph Rec uh, and did that, a bunch of different teams, wherever they needed help. If the middle school team needed a coach, I would do that or or the or the uh, the varsity team or the little kids, so I was doing that. Then I started helping in the off season at a uh, uh, Iron Horse Wrestling Club, which at the time was like a free nomadic club uh, that just was a great place for kids to come get a workout in. We were hosted by different gyms or high schools uh, in North Jersey, and we attracted a lot of talent kids to come work out. We put together these duels teams. Um, and had some really, really, really good kids like uh, come through there. Some of the best kids in the state, college wrestlers, uh, NCAA finalists. So that was really neat and a lot of fun for me. Um, I used to coach at this uh, Standard Acad Wrestling Academy um, as well. Uh, when my daughter was born, I decided to take a step back uh, to focus on family life and uh, she just turned six this April, but uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I found myself just really, really wanting to get back on the mats again. So I uh, started getting into jujitsu, and uh, now that kind of found myself back into coaching again as my son and daughter are both getting involved in wrestling. 
So I'm helping out with the Marstown Grapplers Club once again, and uh, the uh, Wrestling Coach Academy for this off-season stuff, really focusing on building a community once again like I had or was uh, fortunate enough to be a part of and uh, for, uh, you know, the future generations. Oh, I love it, Rye. I love it, Rye. My son is is that age too and, and is training with Coach Ryan. We talk about Coach Ryan and Coach James because your brother too, back on the mats, helping the youth. I mean, it's, it's such a great community as you described it earlier. Um, and you mentioned too, let's, let's talk about this. Pat, Pat Glory, who I interviewed a couple weeks ago, uh, won the NCAA tournament. And you referred to his transition as one of one seamless transition. So I would imagine that he transitioned well from high school into college with all of the hardships and distractions that lend itself into the college to the college wrestler. So looking back, not just Pat, because I would imagine that you've seen a lot of successful wrestlers, a lot of people come through that have um, have made that transition good. What would you say are some of the characteristics in those individuals that were able to transition in that way? Yeah, that's a great question. So as you know, as anybody knows who's been to college, there's a lot of distraction uh, mm -hmm. when you first get there, right? There's uh, not, not just, you know, the difficulty in, in, in settling into a new place to live, um, being in the dorms, uh, new classes, but also the social aspects as well. So I, I think the, the person that transitions the easiest are those that are, are disciplined on and off the mats uh, and where their actions are aligning with their goals. Mm. I think that's really important. Um, Pat probably said to himself a lot, you know, does going to this party help me graduate college and become an NCAA champion? Yeah, not consistent, right? That lifestyle, that collegiate, like, go out, stay out all night is, is not aligned and consistent with the champ, right? I guess that would be, I, that would be one. What did you think about um, Pat when he said he had some early struggles, uh, a lot of runner-up positions? in midgets in high school and then sought out the psychologist the sports psychologist to help him deal with the mindset of wrestling or competition you know what did you think of that and do you have anything to add about just the, these wrestlers or any other athletes psyching themselves out before they even get into the competition yeah so that i was really uh that was really interesting to hear that from pat because um I was very impressed, to say the least. Me too. Um, he, uh, I remember watching him in the state finals a couple of years, those two years that he lost. And, uh, you know, he was winning, I think, in both of them and, uh, you know, lost the lead and lost the matches. And I remember feeling devastated for him watching them on the, the live feed through NJ.com and uh, thinking to myself, man, like this could go really bad like this could break somebody like those two devastating losses can really break somebody and you know I, I feel like in our in our day right there wasn't a lot of big emphasis on psychology sports psychology or even mental health for that matter 
Sure. Right? Like you kind of sucked it up and got back to doing what you're doing and hope for a better outcome. So I was really impressed to hear that as a teenager, what, 16 years old, um, he was open to the idea of going to see somebody for help in a mental health. I mean, it is a mental health thing, right? Like sports psychology is, is essentially mental health for sports. And he went and got help. And it really, 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 really worked. Like you could see him on the mat the next year and throughout the rest of his career that he was on a different level. And, and people say things like focused. And uh, I don't necessarily know if it's focused. Uh, I think it's focused on a goal, right? Like we talked about your actions aligning with your goals. But I think it's more like overcoming fears, acknowledging fears, and labeling them as exactly as what they are is, you know, thoughts, you know, sure. future events appearing real, right? Like he talked a lot about the subjective and the objective and uh, you know, that's all great stuff. I mean, that, that is all like, and I think about that in my life, like overcoming fears, overcoming obstacles, staying out of my own head. Um, it's something that I think is relevant to any person who's, you know, going through anything in life or trying to, to uh, uh, be successful in anything, right, is, is how do we overcome these obstacles? How do we get rid of the negative thoughts? How do we uh, become, realize that we are, you know, more than what we're thinking at any given time? So my hat's hat off the pat and I'm sure his family was involved in getting him to a sports uh, psychologist because I think that was a cutting edge thing at that time and it's becoming more commonplace now so uh, it was uh, really nice to hear and it, and it obviously paid off oh sure I mean even listening to him about why he's not going forward with wrestling he said sacrifice he said he's not willing to make that sacrifice moving forward because he wants to focus on his career in the financial industry, you know, which is also, by the way, where you are. I mean, you're an accomplished uh, wrestler and coach and, and dad and, and husband, but Rye, head, tra head trader at McMillan, you know, McMillan's Corp, it, it, which, which is literally one of the leaders in options. Just real quick, probably in the last minute, what have you learned from Mr. McMillan who has obtained such success as, as he has in the financial industry? Yeah, that's a great one. So, and I think it's consistent with what I've learned a lot uh, from my other mentors is do something you love. Larry loves math. He loves options. He loves uh, statistics. Um, and also to give back. Larry doesn't have to do this, what he does. He runs this business um, because he loves, you know, being a, a spokesperson for the options industry, for a champion of options trading. Uh, and I feel the same way about like things like wrestling, giving back to the community that gave me so much. So uh, I've learned that from Larry and, uh, it's, you know, he's put in more than enough work for, for several lifetimes. Yeah, well said. I mean, you, you've had so many good mentors in your life, both wrestling, financial, 
Um, and I'm proud of you, Rye. I mean, we go way back for a long time, you know, and we're still close, but I wanted to bring you on because you have a lot to give, and I appreciate you coming on uh, to Nothing But The Truth. Uh, so thank you uh, for coming on. Unfortunately, we've come to an end here. Any last parting words maybe to the athletes that are young right now that are thinking about wrestling, football, gymnastics, cheer, whatever it is? Last words, right? Yeah. Um, I would say make sure you're having fun and uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Good point, right? All right, and that's it for us. Uh, WMTR is nothing but the truth. I'm your host, Dave Bruno. We're on the air every Saturday morning at 1030 on the Eastern Time on WMTR. You could actually go on our webpage. We have a link to listen live at nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com. Also, we have our videos there of all of our prior guests, right? I think you're number 60. I mean, we've been rocking and rolling on Nothing But The Truth, and we have some more guests coming up, guys. It's fun. We're getting some big hitters, but we're also bringing in some of the local talent like Ryan and Stacy and some of the others that you've heard recently. Ryan, yet again, thank you, buddy. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys next week. Take care. We're the Bianchi Law Group, a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... Relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.